Hello and welcome to the Camping Crew Podcast with Chris and Aaron. Hi everybody and welcome to episode 66 of the Camping Crew Podcast. I'm Aaron Birchall. And I'm Chris Byrne. I want to remind you, it's meant to be a fun podcast. We are just enthusiasts and what we discuss on the podcast are just our own personal views. And we do look into some of the things you ask us to from emails and Twitter and from Facebook accounts. Right, let's start with some news. And I'm liking this, but it's uh, a quick chat about Ardmore because as you know, Monday, June 29th, restrictions were eased and we could go camping with some restrictions on site. And myself... And Chris and a couple of the crew headed off down just because it's close by to Seaview Motorhome Park, a.k.a. Dixfield in Ardmore in County Waterford. Chris. Yeah, it was great to get out. Uh, there was a huge excitement in our house packing up the, the van just before we left and we're getting out even though I was working the next day. So we were up early uh, and back home again for work. But it was, it was great just to get out. And, you know, you, I love that kind of that buzz and that excitement heading off camp and it's been a long time since you had it. Indeed, Deirdre said to me on Monday morning that she didn't sleep great Sunday night. And I said, oh, what, was it my snoring? And she went, no. She said, I think I'm excited about going <laughs> camping again. Because she, you know, okay, we're chatting about it each week and we're doing the videos each week. And Deirdre's out of it. She's just working away. But she honestly said Monday morning that she was so excited. So we we, we left. I actually had to, to get her car NCT. And stuff. We hit the road about two o'clock and got down here. It's less than an hour. Got here at three o'clock. And there was about 40 units here already ready and and a trickle one or two nothing nothing too major a lot less than i thought it would have been chris i thought there would have been a queue even when we got here at three o'clock but there wasn't we came up to the gate we were let in we signed in we paid our money we got our pitch i wasn't disappointed because there was a nice few few vans here already dick and his crew have done and i'm going to say it we've said it on the video i put it up on camping campsitereview.com a fantastic job if there are rules and regulations, which there are by the HSE and guidelines, he has adhered to them, I think, to the letter. What did you think? Oh, uh, yeah, no, I think he went above and beyond yeah. what was asked of him in terms of spacing and the management of it all. And, you know, he has great control over who's coming in and out. And, you know, he can restrict it as loads and loads and loads of space between each of the vans, probably more than is needed, which is great to see. It's going to be very reassuring for somebody who might be worried going camping and heading to, to Dixfield, driving in and seeing the space between the vans, it would be very reassuring to anyone that's worried. So if you have any concerns, I would say there's probably no need to be, um, you know, just to manage your own social distancing after that. Yes, I think as, as regards the guidelines, he has done, as you say, above and beyond. Now, I'm still here, actually, by the way, we're recording the podcast. Chris is back at work, but myself, Deirdre and Charlie are still in Ardmore. And I will say, and we have said this from day one, that the problem is going to be the people keeping social distancing. In in hindsight or in general, most of the people have done. But I did even notice, I mean, Tony and his family were here. Chris's family was here. Myself and Deirdre were here. At times, we got a little bit close a few times, but it was only for a couple of seconds till we realised. But we did keep definitely a metre apart, with the exception, and I said it on the video, when you and I were doing the piece to video because we were sharing the, the distance of a microphone. I took a walk around this morning and I met with Dick again and he wanted to correct a couple of points that are on the video. We were saying there's about eight to 10 metres. He reckons there's 16 metres between the vans. There is definitely more than ample space between the pitches. A lot of changes have been made to the site which are only improving it and more to come. So well done to Dick and the crew. Now what we would like to know 
Have you gone away since the 29th? Have you been on site or in air or a campsite? Could you please let us know what you thought of their implication of the COVID protection protection and self-distancing, social distancing uh, rules? Just let us know. Are you happy with where you went? But if you look up the video, and you posted a few photographs on Twitter as well, didn't you? From from the Charles take some photographs from his drone, and you posted a few of them up. So they're they're out there, and the site looks well. Yeah, actually, I must say hello to Charles. We were chatting with, with Charles Monday night, um, just catching up. It's it's great to actually meet some of the the people that are listening to it as well. So hello, Charles. Yeah, Charles had put some pictures up on Facebook of the um, uh, from his drone of the pictures. I I put up a few of my own pictures, just coming in the gate and uh, and driving around and that as well. It was great to see, you know. Mm-hmm. And we want to say hi to Nicola and Paddy as well. Nicola and Paddy, Chris were the first people to book a spot for Kilkenny. For the meetup in in the twenty fifth and twenty sixth of September. That's right. We were chatting with them one day as well. It was, it was like it was lovely to meet them. So if ever you do see us on site, by the way, please don't don't come over to us. Don't be afraid. Come over and say hi. And if we've any of our stickers or pens or anything and you don't have them, uh, I was dishing out pens here like they were going out of fashion. <laughs> I have to be honest. But anyway, so if you're going camping, just you keep your distance and you do your bit because I'm sure campsites in Ireland and in the UK and are, are just really doing their best and then it's up to us to do the rest and help them a bit as we said last week if you do use the facilities wipe them down after you just help your bit to keep us all safe yeah, I find just uh, now that you mentioned one of the, the hardest bits for me is, you know, when you meet up with someone is resisting that urge to hold out your hand to shake somebody's yeah. hand. You, you really yeah. got to be conscious uh, not to do it, you know. Yeah. And the elbow thing then. And then you have a bit of a laugh. You feel stupid. I felt stupid hitting a few <laughs> elbows. But you know what? It's keeping us safe for the moment. And please, yeah. God, there won't be a resurgence and that everything will go according to plan. But if you're going to sites, if you're going camping in groups, just keep your distance and try it. Try your best. Look, all we can do is try but a little bit of common sense, but well done. So far, we can only comment on Dick's field in Ardmore. Well done to himself and the crew for taking their part in doing the social distancing and the COVID protection for the rest of us to stay safe. You know, come this weekend, a lot more people will be out and about as well. So, you know, don't forget to drop us a line. Let us know how you're how you're getting on. So we'll move on to the follow-ups and shout-outs, Aaron. What do you think? Yeah, let's see. What, what have we got? We had a couple of emails and tweets during the week. It was a fairly busy week, to be honest, between the emails and tweets. It sure was, yeah. Um, I suppose firstly, I want to put a say a shout out a big thank you to Darren Gallagher and Mark Kiley this week for their coffee donations. So look, we're very grateful, guys, for for all your support and uh, you. Thank you very much. And a big shout out as well to Gary O'Connor. Gary gave us a mention um, on the Camping with Kids Facebook, Camping with Kids in Ireland Facebook group uh, last week. So check out Gary. He put up a fantastic list of campsites. That it was great, yeah. Research. I, I sure don't think did. he missed a site, Chris, on that list. Uh, he must have gone through every uh, camping uh, web page and book. Uh, he put up a full, complete listing of all the campsites uh, across Ireland. And God, he was getting great reaction to it. And, and, and it was just somebody said, anybody know if there's any campsites with space? And he said, well, look, tell you what, here's the list of campsites. Give them a shout. Yeah. But he did mention the Camping Crew podcast and Charlie and me. He said, check out the Camping Crew podcast and the Charlie and me videos for even more information on sites in Ireland. So uh, Gary O'Connor, Camping with Kids in Ireland great Facebook page thank you for your support we really do appreciate it and there's more 
and Gary's fairly active among a number of those Facebook groups, so I'm sure you'll probably come across him if you're in any of them. Um, Ali was on as well. You you were saying that he was recommending this as well on again on the Motorhome Crack Facebook page. They also have Motorhome Crack website and a Motorhome Crack uh, club as well. Very very busy is our Ali, but he also gave us a That's mention. That's right. Yeah, they have a, a lot of new members recently that have come in now to kind of camping and is getting back up running, and people are buying tents and caravans uh, and motorhomes and all that. So Ali put a big shout out to all the new members and suggested that they um, they listen to the podcast and watch the Charlie Me video so uh, as usual thanks to Ali for his support and speaking of the videos and that we opened up a Charlie Me Instagram account months ago but I have to be honest I, I was too busy on my own Instagram account and I got a bit of a rollicking over the weekend from Chris I keep saying weekend because it feels like we're camping at the weekend yeah. Monday Chris put me in my place and said get active there so if you're on Instagram just look for Charlie and me our camping vlog and you'll see that we put up little videos every morning and we put up photographs and we really really do uh, appreciate your support there and thanks Chris for giving me that well deserved kick in the butt <laughs> um, we got a, a follow up email from Joseph Sheedy there Joseph said really enjoyed getting to mention uh, our last week's podcast had a busy day yesterday so I didn't get to hear it until about 12 o'clock last night amazing stuff lads love the hacks only found you less than a month ago and I'm up to date with the podcasts uh, already uh, not fully on Charlie and me but nearly there seriously though well done amazing stuff lads uh, and so simple do you remember last week we spoke Bridget and Donal were on to me via email asking about insurance for a caravan that's right yeah they got back onto me Bridget and Donna got back onto me and she said um, firstly I want to say a big thank you for mentioning our dilemma on the podcast that's what we're here for guys we have done a lot of research since then and we are pleased to say that we eventually we think we have the caravan breakdown insurance with the AA just a few pointers and this is for you guys listening that have caravans and looking for insurance just to point out that there was little or no knowledge from the insurance companies about caravan recovery it varies very much on the size weight and age of the caravan it's very important we would stress to people to make sure that they are meeting all the guidelines for their insurance as it doesn't seem to be an industry norm well thankfully we can get out in a caravan in a few weeks but I have to admit that this experience has made us decide to eventually buy a campervan within the next 18 months. Welcome to the gang, Bridget and Donald. Thank you for your first correspondence. Thank you for getting back to us. And we're glad that uh, we were some help and we're glad that you got everything sorted and well done. Oh, I think once you get settled with the, um, the, the, the caravan insurance, you might find that that caravan caravanning is great i suppose i heard someone describe it recently the difference between buying a caravan and buying a motorhome and i'll probably do a uh i suppose a, a session on this during one of the future podcasts but they said look if you want to be based in one place and travel out like you know like a, a spoken wheel ha- travel out to different locations mm-hmm. a caravan is good for that because you can leave the caravan in that one place and drive off in your car mm-hmm. if you're traveling around in a loop and not going back to the same place, you know, a motorhome is good for that that aspect. Yeah. So, you know, that might there's, be... There's, a... there's pros and cons, really. Some people used to say to me, oh, the advantage of having a caravan was that reason, that they could leave the base and go. And I said, well, look, I have a motorhome. I just have to pack away things like the kettle and maybe the salt and pepper and I can go. So there are pros and cons. But remember, Definitely. if you're buying a caravan, if you're buying a motorhome, know your needs beforehand. They're equally the same. We have a Charlie and me video up and I got a, a comment on it on the chap saying, thanks for your video. I know it was all about motorhomes, but it's the same principle for a caravan and a camper van. 
things to look out for. And he was very thankful. And he said, you've helped us out. We're actually looking for a caravan at the moment. We're all doing the same thing. Just some of us are towing, some of us aren't. But I think it is something that you could look into and we will cover again on a future podcast. Yeah. And you got an email from M on Tuesday that you want to read out, Aaron. Yes, I got a lovely email and it said, I just found your YouTube channel and podcasts over the last couple of days. And I just want to say how much I love them. I haven't managed to listen to the podcasts in full as yet, but I have watched some of the YouTube videos and they are fantastic and very informative. After years of dreaming about owning a motorhome and looking longingly every time one passed me on the road, I finally realized my dream and I got mine at the beginning of February this year. Little did I realize what lay ahead over the next few months. It was definitely a good decision with everything going on at the moment. I'm on my own traveling around. Sometimes it can be a little bit daunting, especially for a female trying to work out what to do, where is the best place to stay, etc. So any information you could put on your channel or your podcast for lone travelers would be gratefully appreciated. I'm hoping to go to Dick's Field very soon, so I meet, might meet you, Charlie and Deirdre in the days on our travels. Thanks again. Keep up the good work. So, Chris, let's put a call out there. I did email M back with my opinions on, on just basically boondocking or wild camping in a safe way that we have covered on podcasts before. And I did give her a link to that podcast. But for those of you who are especially so male, solo female travelers, could you help us out? Could you at the end of this podcast, we'll give you the email details. Let us know what you do to stay safe or when you're thinking about camping or maybe you just go off without the hubby and the kids sometimes. But if you're solo female in any shape or form, please get in touch with us and we'll pass the details on to M via email and we'll cover it on a future podcast. As it well. would be great maybe even to do an interview Aaron, with somebody to give uh, advice, um, you know, to other um you know, female or male people yeah, um, yeah. traveling out on their own, you know, the advice I'd imagine is relatively the same. Um, so if you want to do an interview or just even just give us some of your tips, uh, that would be great. We'll certainly cover that in a podcast in a few weeks if, if we get enough information. And then, of course, in September, when we meet you guys, remember, we, we would look, you don't have to, but we would love to chat to you for the videos and for the podcast. We'll set up a microphone and we'll have a bit of a chat about your likes and dislikes about camping. And maybe if there is a solo camper male or female we could get an interview in september 25th and 26th if you've got your tickets booked for that it's on tree grove caravan and camping park in kilkenny cheap plug here chris so hurry up and book your spots because they are going very very fast yeah or if you do meet us on one of the campsites and you, you want to tell us about your favorite campsite and why it's your favorite we'd love to either record a bit of audio or even a, a bit of video if you're up for that as well Right, let's move on to tips and camping hacks. What have you got for us? We got a, a follow-up email there um, about, I suppose, with some tips for, for filling uh, with water. Do you want to take a read through that? It's directed to yourself. Yes, it was at the beginning of the video for our, normally we upload videos on a Friday, but I thought with it being so relevant at the 29th, I uploaded our Ardmore video on the Tuesday, the 30th. And Sprinter from the Motorhome Crack Club got on very quickly via email and he said, Hi, Aaron, in your last video, you are filling the water and I noticed that you put the hose in before switching on the tap. Was this the hose of your own van? He goes on to say a couple of things if it wasn't. It's good practice to run the hose for about five litres to clear out the stale water, maybe fill your washer bottle and the like. The water sitting in a coiled hose gets continuously heated from the sun in the hose and it can get contaminated and it's a great breeding ground for bacteria. Also, earwigs love nothing better than a nice damp, dark space. I would hate to see you encourage 
poor hygiene. Keep up the good work. Dick's fields looked looked great. Have a great half season sprinter from the Motorhome Crack Club. Now I emailed him back, and we're going to touch on the subjects there. Yes, it was my own hose. I always run the hose. If you saw the start of the video, I was filling the water tank. I had already run that hose, like he said, for a couple of... uh, Actually, I had filled my water bottle, but I do run it for a couple of lengths of the hose. That green hose is only ever used for the camper, and I carry it in the camper. And when I coil it up, I make sure that I stretch it totally and drain it. But I did say thanks for that. Something to bear in mind, Chris, that if you are taking the hose out of the camper and maybe there was a bit of water in it to run it beforehand. I tell you what I do. The tap that I use in the yard is four foot high. I even run the tap first to get rid of that little bit of stale water in the black pipe that's exposed for that reason that sometimes it's warm and you don't know what's at the crawling into the tap either. I think that's a great interview, a great email, should I say, from Sprinter with some great advice um, on filling your tank. It's not something I would have ever thought about. Now, thankfully, I, I normally do fill up some water gallon bottles beforehand as well. And our, uh, our hose at home where we fill it up normally has one of those spray heads on it. Yeah, so, so nothing's crawled up inside. The, yeah, yeah, that's what I'm thinking. But um, it's definitely good advice and making sure the water going in is safe right from the start, I suppose. Well, I I bought, I went to the garden centre. Now, we're going back 20 years ago when I started camping and I asked for a fresh water hose because seemingly some of the rubbers, just some of the hoses don't. The water tastes funny coming out of them. And the chap hadn't got one. He said, look, I've just got garden hoses, but he got me one. Now, I have since changed and I went back and got another one. So that hose I have is about three years old. I tend to change them every three or four years. But yeah, before you do, even if it's your garden hose or whatever, run it for a couple of minutes, water the plants or something just for a couple of minutes and then run the, the fresh water into your tank and i was only watching a video last night i think from um something about um the top 10 camping products to bring and somebody mentioned they had a hose for their motor their motorhome or their caravan it was and they mentioned that it was like a, a catering verified hose so it was like for food preparation or something yeah. that you know it was a uh, not a special hose, but it was a, a yeah. They've a, a different finish. Yeah, they've a different finish on the inside, Chris. They don't. They don't have a, a a coating, or they do have a coating. There is a different finish between that and a regular garden hose. But how many of us have switched on a garden hose and took an old swig out of it over the years when we were kids, <laughs> and we're all still living to tell the tale? So, um, product section, Aaron. I normally throw the products up, but you've got a great one this week. Yes, I was looking to buy a security latch for my door and I rang Pat Horan Motors because that's where I go first. I went onto the website actually and I checked and they didn't have the one I was looking for, but they had these IMC creation door locks. So I gave them a buzz and I said, I need a lock for the door. And full disclosure, they sent me one for free, but they asked me to do a video review an all honest video review. So I did. I think that review is going up the middle of next week. But anyway, the lock is from a company called IMC Creations. These locks aren't cast. They're actually shaved out of a block of aluminium. They start at around 95 euro, which is the one I have. And I was only showing it to a few people this morning. And they come in different sizes. It took about 15 minutes to fit when I had my drill, my drill bits, the screwdriver. All the tools are on the table. And I started the clock. And within 15 minutes... I was fitted and hands washed and cleaned up. One thing I love about these locks, you can have as many locks as you want in different shapes and sizes, all working on the one key. And here's where I think that comes in handy. If you're a fleet manager and you have two or three vans and you fit these locks or they're not just for motorhomes or security locks for vehicles. So if you've got three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine of these locks, they can all work on the one key. 
They're available from Pat Horan Motors. And if you mention Aaron, you'll get free shipping on the lock if you do buy them from the website. So pathorandmotors.com. IMC creation. In fact, we mentioned Nicola and Paddy earlier on that we uh, met here in Ardmore. They have another version of a very, very similar lock in IMC creations on their van. And they said they were it's a different fitting type altogether. So there's different types. And check out Pat's um, website. There's a photograph up there of all of the locks. In fact, I'll put a photograph up on Charlie and me. If you go into Charlie and me, our YouTube channel, there's a little community button and I'll put a photograph up there as well. Yeah, and I'll throw it up from the camping crew, Instagram and Twitter as well, just for people to have a look at. And your lock, Aaron, that uh, opens and locks from the outside, is that right? Yes, whereas the one that Paddy and Nicola have opens and locks from the inside and outside. Mine, basically, you close the door. You know those weird shaped keys with the little nib? You, you see them on all these type of security yes, locks. Yes. You put it in, you twist it, the, the barrel pops out, you push across the lock, you push in and twist, and that locks the barrel. Look, if they want to get into your van, they're going to get into your van. Yeah. You but know, it's, it's but a lot it's for a when you're away, not when you're in the van. Isn't no, it? it's purely for when we're away. Whereas, as I said, the bigger version, which I think runs at about 130 euro, does the exact same thing outside. But when you're inside, there's a latch when you pull and it pulls the outside piece apart. I'm sure that takes a little more time to fit. Mine is four screws. I've decided where you'll see it on the video next week. I decided where to place it. Drilled four little pilot holes. The only thing I changed, I used different screws because I just happened to have a box of great metal self-tapping screws. The screws that were with it were fine. I just used these ones. I put a little bit of caulk, put it up and sealed it. And I actually used it yesterday just for the crack. I locked the camper when we went for a walk yesterday. So um, we, we'll tweet out the photos. And as I say, I'll put one up on Charlie and me as well under the community tab. Good quality, 95 quid, won't break the bank. Fit it yourself in 15 minutes. The one that I got, the cheaper version. But as they go up, there's different fittings available for them. Yeah, sounds great. It just that extra bit of peace of mind, I suppose, isn't it? Yeah, and I, I have to be honest, I did like the one that Nicola and Peter had on theirs. Um, it's not one that I, I, I'm happy with the one I have, but I do like that little bit of extra security. Now, on our door, we actually have a house lock as well that came fitted with this Heimer, you know, that you'd use your normal Yale key. So we tend to flick the little button on that at night time. So we've got our normal lock and a Yale key lock just locking us in at night time. The only thing I'd say about using one that locks from the inside, it slows down your exit if there's an emergency. Bear that in mind. The more locks you have for when you're in, I know you want to be secure, but please bear in mind on an exit strategy to keep the pathway clear just in case there is a problem. And your exit, your only exit is your door. You know, you might be able to get out your window, but if your only exit is your door, Bear that in mind if you've to fuff for another key or a latch. Just bear that in mind. Yeah, I tend to, this is a little tip actually, I tend to do when I'm going to bed and I tend to leave my key near the actual door as well. Just if if I needed to, uh, you know, to to get a quickly lock it or, or unlock it, it's it's always easy to find it the next morning when you want to yeah. to get at things as well. I suppose we'll close out with the camp life section, Aaron. And there's a huge demand for campers and motorhomes at the moment. So I suppose if anyone listening that's actually selling one. Uh, I said I'd put together uh, a few little tips and uh, and advice for selling your camper. Best time ever if you want to sell your motor home at the moment. There is such demand. Again, we mentioned Pat Horan. I was on to Pat only last week and he can't get secondhand stock. So if you're selling, but as Chris is going to say to you now, here's a couple of ideas to help you sell both safely and just make sure that you're not screwed over. So the first thing I would do is 
get a, a professional valet done of your camper if you can as well. So it looks um, spick and span. If not, just do it yourself. But just, you know, take out everything you possibly can out of the van so the person who's buying it can walk around and get a feel for how they would imagine themselves in, in, in your van. Make sure that you have all of your paperwork. If there's an NTC cert, DOE cert, have it there. Make sure you have your logbook all in one place with all the details. If somebody says what size engine is in it, it's on your logbook and stuff like that. I know most logbooks say uh, that make is unspecified, but you'll know whether it's a Fiat or a Mercedes, but it will say the engine size and give you some details if somebody asks. Now, I suppose the rest of this advice, other than say, advertising your van and whether it's in one of the, the motorhome groups or the motorhome pages or done deal or adverts or one of those places um you've got to be really really mindful uh before handing your van over to anybody oh, yeah. um some of the advice i've been reading about mentioned that always go for bank transfer if you can it's the best option um or if you really have to go for cash you know bank drafts could be forged i suppose you know it doesn't yeah. happen very often but it, it can happen never ever ever let the person take your van for a test drive on their own go with them we have read stories about guys saying oh, he'll be back in a minute he's still not back so never give them the keys to go on their own even if he's only going around the block hop in the passenger seat or you drive off and let them drive back you know only release the van to that person when the cash is in your account and mm. um, that's really really important even if it's a bank draft, wait a few days. If they really want that van, they'll say, yeah, no problem. That money should be there Wednesday. Give me a buzz. If it's there Wednesday, give them a buzz, meet them and hand over everything and give them a few bob for diesel. Because isn't that good luck? I think it's called a Hanson or something where you give back a fiver and it seemingly wishes them good luck. But definitely, definitely do not hand over the keys till you see the pound notes in your bank account. I suppose drive the motorhome off your property if you're selling for your property um, and then the minute you, you've handed that over cancel your own assurance there and then so if anything happens it's not on your insurance it's it, it's transferred over to their insurance at that stage you know and I suppose the next one I think uh, I'd like to mention and this is probably the most important one go with your gut feeling if yeah. you're selling a motorhome or a camper and something doesn't feel right I would say walk away. If it doesn't feel right, it generally isn't. Yeah, I mean, you know, we're all anxious and we all get happy when we're looking at motorhomes, but just read the person if you can. Are they too happy? Are they nervous? You know, and especially where there's bank drafts and oh, just if, like Chris said, if it doesn't feel right, walk away. Just thank them and say, look, I've one other guy coming to look at it this evening and I did promise I'd hold off till he looks at it. Make up an excuse, but walk away and it's just so you're not going to get stung. Uh, and the next bit of advice is don't let the new owners take the logbook. Um, the advice I read was to make sure that you fill it out and post it off. Yeah, there can so many things can go wrong. It could stay in your name forever and fines and everything are just going to come to you and you're the one that has to prove that it's not your van. So definitely hang on to the paperwork. No matter how insistent they are, you say, look, the law states, I sign it, I post it off. So you make sure you do it. And the thing which I think this is a very good one is ask to see their driver's license from the buyer before anything. At least then you'll know you are dealing with Joe Bloggs. I can easily come up to you and say, hi, I'm Joe Bloggs. How are you doing? We do the whole deal but I may not be Joe Bloggs. So if you're arranging to meet them somewhere, just say, oh, by the way, will you bring your driver's license? 
if you can sneak a photograph of them and the license, do that. It's again just for your security. Yeah, I had a, that was the next point. I said, take a photo of the person or the car if you can, just temporarily till, till you know everything is above board. Um, I would say even note down the car edge that they, mm-hmm. they arrive in. If you are meeting in a public place, meet with, bring somebody along which you don't go on your own. I had a friend who was selling a, a classic Mercedes about five, six years ago, and they met in a car park halfway between A and B. And the chap said, can I take it for a test drive? And he said, yeah, my buddy let him in the seat. And just as my buddy opened the passenger door, car was gone. Absolutely gone. Nearly took my buddy down the road with him. They gave chase, but the car was much faster than the little Orion they were driving. So just uh, uh, I think the main one there is go with your gut. Just be careful. But definitely do not hand over keys or paperwork until the deal is done and you post off the paperwork. I think, if anything, that's the main one. As long as you have the paperwork, if they steal the camper van, you've proved that it was yours, you can claim on your insurance. And hopefully it'll all go well. And then you'll put the money in the bank and you'll go and you'll buy a newer model and we'll see you on site during what's left of the summer 2020. Yeah, and a lot of people will bring or may ask, is it okay if I get somebody to look at the camper, check it out before they hand over the money? You know, that would reassure me if somebody did that. If somebody said yeah. to me, look, I'm thinking of handing over the money. I just want somebody to look over it. I would be more reassured that that's a genuine buyer if that's the case. And I would say yeah. I would encourage it. I would, and you know, sometimes insist on it. Again, go with your good feeling. Because, you know, there could be a team of chancers. Just go with oh, your good feeling. Yeah. So what I was thinking, where I was going with is like, insist on it. So then if something did go wrong with the van, well, you have you come back to yourself and say, look, I told you to bring somebody and check it out. If, if you, you haven't done that, you know, you made the decision then, you know. Good points all around. I think, again, if we've missed on anything, maybe you've sold a van, bought a van and said, hey, do you know what else is a good idea? Contact details are coming up in just a couple of moments. Chris, can you remind us about the meetup in September? Yes, it's 25th and 26th of September in uh, Tree Grove Caravan and Camping. Um, we'd love to see there. There's a, a few spaces left. It's it's actually filling up uh, really nicely. And I wasn't expected to be so popular, which is great. No, neither was I. And I have the correct phone number for you. If you want to ring Dan, you can get him, of course, by email at Kilkenny Camping. Dot com. Go on to the website. But if you want to give him a buzz, it's 086-830-8845. No need to check it, Chris. I'm reading it from my phone. 086-830-885. Just tell Dan that you want to book a spot for the Charlie and Me Camping Crew Meetup. It's the 25th and 26th of September. Reduced rates on the camping pods and on the pitches for the two nights that we have it booked. You don't have to come for both nights, by the way. You can come either or or both but the pitches are fit. I'd say there's possibly 10 spots left, but get in there, give them a buzz. Don't don't wait till the last minute. And we are so looking forward to seeing each and every one of you. That's it. And on behalf of Aaron, I'd like to apologise to some stranger who's getting loads of inquiries about a campsites. Um, just <laughs> apologise in advance that Aaron gave your number up by mistake. It was just one digit. <laughs> what can I say? Listen, that is it. As I say, I'm recording this piece in Ardmore at the Seaview Caravan, sorry, Seaview Motorhome Park in Ardmore, where myself and Chris were on Monday and we're still here and it's Wednesday. Chris is back at base. Thank you very much for listening. Thank you for your support. All the contact details are coming up. All that's left to be said is enjoy, as Martin said, what's left of the half summer. Stay safe, keep the social distancing and wash your hands. From me, Aaron Bircher, we'll talk to you very, very soon. And from me, Chris Byrne, goodbye. And don't forget to tell your camping friends all about us. 
And that's it for another podcast. Thank you for listening. And do join us again very soon. If you would like to support our podcast even more than you already do, we have set up a coffee page. This is completely optional and only buys a coffee if and when you can afford to. Log on to coffee.com forward slash the camping crew. That's ko fi.com forward slash the camping crew. To contact the camping crew, email campingcrewpodcast at gmail.com or tweet us at the camping crew. On YouTube, it's youtube.com forward slash Charlie and me are camping vlog and check out our sister website, campsitereview.com.